Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. All right, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder. For a large chunk of these older episodes, I've had to cut the original intros as part of a migration process. So all that means is we're going to get straight into the interview here with the name that you clicked on. No warm-ups, no preamble, just a straight one, two and in. You ready? One, two... Yeah, man. Uh, like, I kind of decided as soon as lockdown started to just be as productive as possible, man, and just like really crack on with with, with writing new demos because I'm pretty much writing the album at the moment. Um, Amazing. I mean, my I've always kind of hated like um digital audio softwares and stuff but i kind of thought right i just need to get over it now i've got another option so i'm just gonna like yeah just crack on with it pretty much i've been i've been doing a lot of writing um it's been pretty difficult because there's a lot of us in the household working from home so i've actually turned my like laundry room into a vocal booth 
it's just ridiculous <laughs> it's literally ridiculous but yeah yeah Brilliant. are you programming drums as well um chloe's doing that or because yeah chloe our drummer she she's doing that with george because they live together so she's been doing that but i've been doing most of the kind of guitars vocals and then bounce like bouncing it and sending it to tom who then sends it to george who then sends it sends it to chloe and then it's just yeah just going going around the houses with it basically and did you have any experience of, of sort of like audio software before that like doing it yourself i mean a little bit i yeah like i said i i, I kind of hated it so i've always avoided it as much as i can do um but then recently i've tried to tried to like really just pick up and like dust off my skills a little bit um i mean it's still basic but as long as i can get the main body of a song down to me it doesn't really matter it's not as if yeah. i'm like what i'm writing and recording at the moment is going to be the final released thing it's just it's just demos to get to get the to get the ideas going basically um what's your what's your stance on doing like um like the the instagram live stuff or you know the, i mean there's there's some bands who are doing like the full production shows um you know and, and filming that and doing like a live thing on youtube um i mean we we did one at the very start of lockdown um but only really wanted to do the one to be honest like we we kind of for the ep release when that came out at the very start of lockdown i think it was like the first week we're kind of like right we've done that there's kind of no need for us to keep going with it um i mean personally i i don't know i kind of got a bit bored of all the live streams i don't know I, it's it's no kind of disrespect to the people that are doing them or because i know the amount of work that goes into running those those live stream blogs it's an insane amount of work and like the amount of work that i see of like the one that i keep seeing is quarantunes like fair play to them like they're they're, they're keeping going and there's people there clearly is an audience for it but i think we we just made the decision that we wanted to just do the one and then just move on from it and try and see if we could come up with more ideas to keep fans engaged on social media. Do you get what I mean? Absolutely. And you're such a visceral band. I saw you first at the social and it and it was mad. I mean, and, that, and that's kind of like, it's got that restaurant kind of layout, doesn't it? So it's just, yeah. like, you know, you can kind of go mad there. Yeah, it was mad. I The social is a really strange venue. Like, I love it. I love it so much, but it's so hard to play in that room. It's so hard. Um, yeah. I've seen some great bands in there. I've seen some great bands play very badly in there as well. I think it's just tricky, like, it's, but it's great when you get when the crowd gets going. And I mean, I just have a tendency to start just standing on the tables that like it's like over to the left, and you do like, yeah, in it, yeah, yeah. It's cool, man. So I mean, this is a generally a podcast. I mean, it started off because because I, I, you know, I've, I've done done touring since I was since I was younger, and I always used to love asking people I was on tour with what they're doing when they get home because you know so many people were gardeners or just doing all these kind of odd jobs that I just yeah, found was yeah. really funny, and I thought it'd be great to get it on record. Um, so that was the idea, but also I found out it's just a perfect avenue to speak to people about the way they do their music because I mean it just cannot be overstated or underestimated even like how everyone's different and that's so so fascinating to me yeah man yeah it's i I, it's weird because approaching approaching the music industry and approaching being a band you kind of think you see all these bands that are of a certain level and you're like oh well it's just it's just their only job and that's all they do and then as soon as you start to get a bit closer to it you're like oh my god everyone has got another job like 
of, of, within some some degree, obviously. Um, but the bands that I would look up to at the start it was like for, for ages. You kind of realise that oh wow, they've they they go home and then they go back to work. Do you know what I mean? It's really it's really crazy. Yeah. In it. And I and I think that we can be guilty. Probably guilty is probably the wrong word, but like you know, when we go see a band that we really love, whether they're whether it's at a hundred cap or a five hundred cap or Brixton Academy, you are like there is this kind of just kind of like like respects that you have for this person on stage because you're so into their music and music's such a personal and immersive thing that you just wouldn't even consider it, would you? Yeah, completely, completely. You kind of don't think, oh yeah, they probably serve coffee tomorrow. Like you, you would, you don't, yeah, you'd never, you'd never think of it. I don't know. I think it's because of the preconceptions of like back in even the 60s, 70s, 80s, like musicians were musicians. That's, that's kind of all they did. Do you know what I mean? If they were, if they were big enough to be playing a certain capped room, they'd be living off it. And now we Mm. don't have that. So I think that's maybe where it comes from. Um, It seems, seems like all the money in that everyone like, drank that money away or, or, or put it up their noses or something. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's not the 90s. And I think it's, it means that, like, bands, or, well, music artists of, of any genre, really, like, or of any format, they arguably have to present themselves in a different way. Like, I don't believe you can be a, a dickhead, like, because you'll be, get found out. And then, because you're not earning as much as bands did in the 90s or whenever, you can't really get away with it. Does that make yeah. sense? I don't know. Absolutely, don't know. with social media as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. Because you'd just be ousted. Yeah. And and quite rightly for, for some people, because you hear some stories, like awful stories about band members, singers, whoever, and they do get ousted. I don't know. Not that I'm I'm saying it's good to have a witch hunt at all, because I, I think that's a really, really unhealthy side of social media. But I yeah, think... Yeah, council culture. Yeah, God. Ugh. Give it a rest. It is really man. hard to really make a statement, especially in a, a, you know, publicly, you know, within your friends and family and your partner, you know, you can like, you know, talk about it more in depth. But it's I, I find it's a really hard topic to say to a group of people without kind of, setting yourself yourself up for a fool do you know what I mean yeah I think I I've got a lot of respect for for people that will that will just stand out and be like I literally don't care I know that's a bit of a cliche like everybody says that but I think I think people lie when they say it sometimes they're actually very very conscious of what social media thinks about them or what the public thinks about them rather than just going I'm going to do this and I'm going to say this and I'm going to tweet this and I'm going to post that and and I don't care kind of thing yeah almost like Gallagher brother-esque um but even just I don't know it's just a confidence in it that I yeah I just respect that I was going yeah we're just going to do it this way and I I don't really care because I think it is rare but I don't know, everyone always says that, yeah. How do you think about the way that you do you, or the band does you, you know, do you, have you have you talked about it as a band? Um, not really, I think. It is part, of the, it's in the job description, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I didn't really expect when starting the band, I, I didn't expect so much of being a musician to be me on social media like mm. posting about the band and it's and don't get me wrong like 
during this lockdown, it's a perfect example of why it's absolutely brilliant because I still get to talk to fans and engage with them and check that they're all right and get to say how grateful we are that they're still buying t-shirts or listening to the to the EP that we just brought out or any of the tracks. Um, but yeah, we, we'd never really spoke about how we're going to be on social media. I think it was just this underlying thing that we were always going to be really honest and kind of just show who we were. We were never going to stand stand about and take moody photos pretending we were this like dead mega cool band that never said anything because we're not those type of people like we have personalities that we're, we're gonna we're, we're four mates that get along that have a laugh in it like we we take what we do very seriously but like there's there's a push and a pull with it do you know what i mean yeah absolutely and and every member of the band has to be happy as well you know yeah 100 100 percent because yeah, I think early on, maybe there was some posts that the band were like, oh, can you can you not say it like that? Or can you not post that? Or could we go for, for this instead? Can we go for that photo instead? And then it's like, yeah, cool. That's totally fine. If you don't feel comfortable with it, that's 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 totally, totally fine by me. Um, and so, yeah, it's those gradual learning bits that you do all have to be like, okay with. Um, yeah. Yeah. It has to resemble some kind of democracy, right? Yeah, um, especially especially when you're not when it's not when it's not a paid job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think as well, uh, as well, like obviously in every band, there's people that are more inclined to give interviews or be more vocal on social media, and others that aren't. And I'm in our, in our band, happy to take the role of giving interviews and being more vocal on social media. And there's an element of just like me sometimes saying to the band just trust me like just trust me I'll, I'll i'll do the interviews it's fine but i need like i will back us no matter what but i need you to know that you've also got my back in the in in the agreement of it you, yeah yeah that makes it sound Absolutely. way more serious than it actually is meant to but yeah no but i mean i think i think this is something that like everyone in a band has had to deal with in one way or another though because like it's fun until you get to the point where it's like Oh, someone's pissed off. So in that respect, you do have to have some um, kind of, you know, not rules, but at least some kind of understanding. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm glad we ourselves as, as, as the band made those kind of, or had those small conversations early on to be like, it's cool if you don't want to do the interview, I will do it, but I will, I will be saying what I want to say in a way. But trust me, I will back this band to to the high to the high hills or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, just trust yeah, me, yeah. and I'll yeah, I'll never throw us under the bus. Yeah, I don't know. Totally, because I think it does make sense that like you know in friend groups or bands like there has to be someone who who has that confidence because that confidence is infectious. Yeah, definitely. You can see it in bands as well. Like I don't know, maybe it's the one with the, with the egos. Maybe it's then maybe that's why I'm giving the interview <laughs> right now. Um, but, do you think that plays into because because you do you do like um you work with brands don't you? Um, well, I did that one um campaign for Fred Perry, and that was that was kind of it really. That was the only kind of working with brands I've ever done. Um, you suited it. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Um, it yeah that that for me was a one off. It was kind of crazy because it had we, there was that mural in Milan where it was my face on the 
side of a huge building that was painted and all that kind of stuff. And it was like a, a fucking international campaign, which is crazy. But for me, it was a one-off and it was a real, I was really grateful to be asked and considered. And that's why I did it. But it's just not who I want to be and not what I want to do. Um, I'm not going to sit here and start slagging it off because I don't feel like that. But it's, yeah, it was it was cool to do the one, but I don't really have any interest in doing it again. And yeah, I'm not that I'd say no. I don't know. Yeah, I probably would say no if it ever came up again. Um, you, you must have known that like it would help the band as well because... I mean, you know, of, of all the brands, Fred, Fred Perry's pretty all right, and it. I mean, it's got the whole mob thing about it. And, like, you know, when you see bands doing things with Doc Martens now, you don't really blink at that, do you? Yeah. Um, yeah, we'd already... The, I think the reason we I got asked to do it is because we'd played some events that were sponsored by Fred Perry previous. Um, mm. I've worn Fred Perry since I was a kid, um, and so it felt natural and... That's why, again, I agreed to do it because we'd already been associated in those circles and the the brand fit. If like, yeah, it would have been weird if I'd done an advert for I don't know a suit company or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, mate. I mean, you know, if you if you've been wearing Vans all your life or Doc Martens or whatever, like, yeah, dude, you exactly. play you play like an endorsement thing. You'd be like, yeah, because like, yeah, they came over doesn't... and they just gave me loads of free shoes and they paid my rent for a month. Like, absolutely. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. And that that is not like culturally perverted because yeah. you're doing something that you would do anyway. Yeah, I think my my opinion on it is that I I get I understand it, but I kind of get annoyed with some bands that are like, no, we're not we're not about like selling out and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, you've you've got to pay your bills. And yeah. if it comes to if it's a brand that you like and are interested in that I would wear normally, then why not, man? Like, literally, why not? It, it, yeah, it's just like a brand that I've liked since I was a kid. They asked me to do it, and it paid my rent for a month whilst I was actually out of a job. So yeah, of course I'm going to take it. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, then it, yeah. and then it meant we got to like I don't know a few months later I ended up playing a gig out in Milan for this. Yeah, I don't know, man. Amazing. Yeah. So what came next for you then after that? Well, I've pretty much always worked in bars, always, since I was like 16. So like in and out of bars, did that one thing for Fred Perry um, and then went back to bar jobs, basically. Um, yeah. Because it, it's it's flexible with being in the band. Um, and like, I, I've got a real hate-love relationship with working in bars because... It, it's like soul destroying at times it's really just soul destroying but then it can be a really good laugh and i've met my best mates working in bars and stuff like that and it it's always it's always been really flexible when i wanted to do to do the band do you know what i mean um it can go so slow and it can go so quick can't it yeah yeah definitely and like you just get talking to to people over the bar and they go, oh, so yeah, like, what, what are you into? What do you do? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm in a band. And they're like, oh, cool. And then like, I've ended up with regulars at my bar job, ended up becoming really good fans of the band, arguably like coming to a gig and going, oh, that's sick. That's Harrison, like whatever. He serves me every day. And then they're like, oh, wait, like you're actually pretty decent, you know? like <laughs> you're all right like and then they end up fucking buying t-shirts or vinyl or whatever as a yeah 
So, I mean, like, obviously with this, with this lockdown thing, it's like, well, I guess band's your main focus. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I've been lucky enough to be, well, it sounds weird to say this, but I've, lucky enough I'm, like, eligible for furlough pay for my bar job. So I'm still still getting that furlough payment, but now being able to focus all of my time on writing, which I've never been able to do, literally ever, that's I've kind of like worked always set myself the goal of like I want to be able to get to the point where I no longer have to have another job on the side and music is my one job that pays the bills so I can sit down and write music and because basically I'm either well pre-lockdown it's either I'm at work at the bar or I'm at a gig so I actually don't have the time to write and it's yeah, not as if we're on yeah. some trendy bus that I've got loads of guitars lying around I can just kick back like we're packed into the back of a tiny car do you know what I mean it's like yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's like yeah um and it's, and it's coming it's come up on this on this podcast before people taking real life experiences and you know is is that something that you that you found are, are you writing now about things that you know have happened to you that maybe you wouldn't have had time to write about oh for the for the kind of boring answer yes and no um <laughs> uh in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I tend to, I feel like I've tend to, like started to get into the habit of having a song that's about four different things or like I'll write lines and be writing lyrics and th- it will be about one thing and then I'll have some other lines that will be about completely other thing, but they just go really well together for that song. Yeah. And so it's real like pick and mix with lyrics. I find anyway, just... It's just the way that I found I like to write, really, um, by just like nicking stuff from newspapers and adverts. It just and slogans and all that kind of stuff. It fits well to just piece them together like a jigsaw a little bit. So then sometimes I'll try and form them. If when I've got enough of the song, I'll then try and form it into having a meaning and being about something. And sometimes I'll just let it be about nothing and that's totally fine I don't really care because there is meaning and there is stuff you can take from the song um but it's just about a few different things rather than being about one thing yeah. and and do you think you'll be releasing any any of the sort of demos that you're doing at the time at, at, at the at, at the moment I mean do you think you'll be releasing them in 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 the coming months um we don't know um in in total honesty I'm I'm currently writing with the aim that it's going to be for the album, um, which is really exciting. It's really yeah, exciting. massively. Like I've I've wanted my entire like my like entire life been able to get to this point, and being like, yeah, I've got to write the album now, which is mad. I mean, I remember having conversations last year about right, you've got to write tunes for the EP now, and that's that seemed bizarre. Um, so yeah, I'm currently writing with with the thought that it's for the album but I'm also just just writing full stop not trying to be particular about it having this common thread um I think sub subconsciously it'll have a common thread within it just to due to the nature of it just all being back-to-back writing um because I've been uh, yeah I've been trying to set myself a goal to like write at least two or three songs a week so 
due to that, I think they are having some common thread, but no, it's not, yeah, it's not intentional really. Um, I think if we ever release stuff, it won't, we won't release the demo. Hopefully we'll kind of wait for some lockdown lo- like measures to lift so we can get in the studio and re-record it all. But honestly, I've got no idea. I think it's, yeah, with lockdown, it's just too hard to predict. There's no point putting plans like that in place, really. Um, yeah, yeah. Because obviously we had the tour that was cancelled and rescheduled. We had loads of festivals cancelled. So we kind of had to, like, whatever plans we had for the year, the it's just been ripped up. And so we've had to, like, kind of put pencils in place for stuff and reschedule what we can. But even then, who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah, we're just taking every day as it comes. And that that includes everything, whether it's writing or making plans for gigs and tours and festivals. Um, and just, yeah, just making the decision every, every like each day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And what you say about making the album, and the album, especially a debut album, you know, a debut album, it's a body of work you know what i mean it's it's a it's a journey it's not an ep it's not a single it is a proper journey it's a trip yeah i've loved it man if i'm totally honest like yeah like it goes into the fact of being just being able to have the time to sit here and write loads of music and also means i can push it as well and try new things and kind of go right well today I don't really feel it or I'm not feeling this. So let's try something different or let's go back to that and listen to this with fresh ears or whatever it is. I'm just really enjoying writing at the moment. I really like what, what we're coming out with. I'm really, really proud of it. I know that sounds weird, but yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm, and I'm excited to kind of release what, what we're writing at the moment, because I believe, I believe it's good enough for the album, uh, for a, for a body of work. Um, but yeah, time will tell, I suppose. Amazing. Harrison, thank you so much. I like to keep these podcasts to like, maybe like 25 minutes. So that's just, that being absolutely perfect. Cool. Cheers, man. So that was Harrison Swan from Talk Show. If you liked this podcast, you can give it five stars and, uh, and yeah, sorry for my voice being a bit dodgy there. I'm not really sure what happened. Um, Blue Yeti, if you'd like to give me a sponsorship, please do. Cheers. Go back to the doll queue. Please don't tell Pete from the pub Because he'll judge me But I don't mind I've been paying my taxes on time I'm not central, not essential I've never worked for the NHS Yeah, I've clapped hands and I beat pants Put away the kitchen utensils now Don't let your P45 give you chills Because we need jobs, we 